So we find ourselves today at the end of a six-week journey. So whether you have been here for every week in this BUMC journey, just a few, or this is your very first Sunday with us, this sermon is still for you today. We've been journeying as a church and as a congregation, thinking through the question, what does it mean to be United Methodist? What do we believe? What does our church do in our community and for the world? And how does what we believe change our lives and change the lives of others? And so today, as we wrap up this series, we're going to ask ourselves again, what does it mean to be United Methodist now and in the future? What will it mean for our church to remain in the United Methodist Church? There's been a lot of questions, a lot of discussions. Andy and I have heard in conversations, people are wondering, well, what is First United Methodist going to do? Well, we very much intend to remain United Methodist. Our, from what we've heard in the congregation, what we have heard in our leadership teams, if anything, people have been coming up to me worried, well, are we going to leave? And when I say, well, no, I haven't heard anyone say anything to that effect. They go, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. We're staying United Methodist. Great, great, great. So as we very much intend to remain United Methodist, what does that mean? What does that mean for our church and for our future impact on the world? Well, we were very intentional about the way that we set up this whole worship series. We talked first about our belief in God, then our belief in the Bible, then our Wesleyan heritage, then our experience and our response to grace, then our practice of discipleship, and we finally have concluded with what it means for us to um, transform the world. Today we're seeking to move further and further outward, showing and growing to this further outward expression of faith each and every week. Because when we think about our lives, when we think about our faith, when we think about this church, we all want to make a difference, don't we? The mission statement of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Not only is that biblical, but it hits at a deep desire in our souls. We want to matter. We want to make a difference. We want to help. Because it doesn't take very long for us to see that our world is hurting. To see that there are people in our very own community still absolutely struggling with homelessness. Still struggling with the soaring costs of food, of even school supplies, housing, with medical issues, disabilities, mental health, just being accepted and included for who they are, you name it. But you might be wondering, well, how can I help? Just little old me. I'm not a massive humanitarian like Mother Teresa. I don't have tons of money to give away like Bono. I can't make an amazing speech like Martin Luther King. 
Our church is just made up of regular, ordinary people. Regular, ordinary people who are so very different. Regular, ordinary people who might not always see eye to eye. Regular, ordinary people who don't always remember that we are all one in Christ Jesus. Well, lucky for us, we can take all this and find some common ground with the folks in our scripture passage today. For the church at Corinth, these were regular, ordinary Christians who did not always remember that they were one in Christ Jesus either. To be honest, the church at Corinth was quite the dysfunctional church. Did you know over his ministry, the Apostle Paul wrote four letters to the church at Corinth, made multiple visits to this one church trying to get them to straighten up. It was that bad of a hot mess. But let me get into our scripture passage for today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, and I'll be reading from the NRSV. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And to another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the working of powerful deeds, to another, prophecy, to another, the discernment of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually as the Spirit chooses. So what we call the book of 1 Corinthians was actually Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth. He had heard from some female leaders in the church how bad the division and immorality had gotten in the church, and so he had to step in. And so where our scripture passage comes from today is the section where Paul is ordering the worship life of the church. He's already gone through some do's and some don'ts for the life of this young church Don't divide yourself over following certain church leaders versus being united in Christ. Don't sue each other. Don't engage in the pagan worship culture, etc., etc., etc. And now, Paul is reminding them of how they can have ordered and unified worship while celebrating these diverse gifts that the Spirit brings. You see, in the pagan worship culture around them, certain gifts were valued more highly than others. And so that was causing divisions. Certain gifts meant that certain people were getting to interrupt worship and getting preferential treatment. Again, causing this division in the church. It seems foreign to us today, yes, but we can admit that our culture can act a bit similarly. 
our culture can see certain gifts, certain abilities, certain types of people as more valuable than others, whether it means to or not. Our culture might value someone who can preach or who can lead a Bible study more highly than someone with great administrative skills or a true heart for hospitality. It might, highly, um, it might value someone with disability, without disabilities excuse me, more than someone who is deaf, hard of hearing, or who has autism. It might fail to see the values and the assets in someone who is homeless or who, who is in poverty, who, with the assets they absolutely can bring to the table. And this list could go on and on and on of the people our culture, even unintentionally, can fail to see the value in or fail to even invite to the table. But Paul is calling them and calling us to, to a different way. Paul is calling us to unity through diversity. Remember starting in verse 4. Now there are a variety of gifts but the same spirit. There are a variety of services but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who activates them in everyone. We can celebrate the diversity of who we are as a people in whatever ways that that might look like. We can celebrate the variety of gifts that we all bring to the table, whatever those gifts might be. We can celebrate the retiree who has a lot of time to give to kids pack each and every month. And the parent of a toddler who might be happy to make it there once a year. We can celebrate those who give their time to count the offering each and every week. Just as much as those who might preach or lead worship very much in the public eye each week. We can be a people and we can be a church who lifts up the voices and the stories of all people, that values all people. We can be a church that lifts up the gifts and the graces of the marginalized. We can be a church that lifts up and celebrates the work of God and the movement of the Spirit in all people. We can be a church that seeks to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the whole world. In the beautiful diversity that is the body of Christ and is the variety of gifts from the Spirit. And there are so many beautiful ways that we see this play out, that we will continue to see this play out in the continuing United Methodist Church. We have a video, as I mentioned, that we want to share with you this morning. It's the video of Marcy and Steve. Folks from our church who have recently done work with Zoe and Powers in Kenya. I'll let them explain to you in more detail the work that Zoe does. But I want to lift up this thought for us all as we watch this together of the work that Zoe does. Notice how Zoe empowers the spirit-given gifts of these children. How it allows us as a church to use our spirit-given gifts. To see, to value, to empower the gifts already present in these beautiful children of God. Let's watch this video together.
This is my song, O God of all the nations, a song of peace for lands of far and mine. This is my home, the country where my heart is. Here are my hopes, my dreams, my holy shrine. But other hearts in other lands are beating with hopes and dreams as true and high as mine. We recently went on a trip to Kenya with other folks from our church and from churches around Florida. Zoe's an organization that works with orphans and other vulnerable children and empowers them to own their journey from extreme poverty to sustainability. The challenges that they're overcoming and who they are becoming is amazing. These are teenagers. These are uh, young people, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, who are starting their own businesses. They're caring for their younger siblings. They're hiring people within their community um, and helping them change their lives. From the Bible, we know that orphans, widows, and foreigners are important to God. And for me going on this trip, one of the things that I saw and learned was that the Zoe program is not a program from the outside. It's a program that's been developed by the indigenous people and has been um, a model that is being shared and beginning to be adopted by other folks. They're recognizing that this isn't an aid model, this is an empowerment model. With these young people, they're not um, making it a Zoe dream. It's not an American dream. It's the individual young person's dream and hopes for their lives. And I think as United Methodists, we're very good at doing that. Uh, we do it through UNCOR, United Methodist Committee on Relief. We come in without agenda other than to help, to serve, and to provide something for people in great need. And that's what Zoe's doing. And I think when we do that as United Methodists, we're living up to that uh, description I've often heard about, said about United Methodists, that we're long on grace and short on judgment. We come to serve and to love. And, and without agenda, without wanting to take control, just to help people and to be the hands and feet of Christ. For me, I am still unpacking those experiences and um, what I'm taking away from it, but my life certainly has been changed. I have a screensaver on my computer and it's places I've been and things I've done. This is the first time that I've put people and so these children have become my heroes. Before we were a problem, but today we are like an answer in our community. Amazing what grace can do. To be United Methodist, to remain United Methodist, 
means to transform the world. To respond to God's amazing grace in our lives by valuing the gifts of all people. And by all of us using those gifts to transform the world. So I encourage you to find your way to reach out, to use your gifts to transform our world. A lot of times we hear this and we think, oh, the world is so big, I can't change the whole world. Well, you might not can change the whole world, but we all can change our world in some way. We all have so many opportunities here, even through the life of this local congregation, to make an opportunity in our world, big and small. And so I want to take the rest of the time this morning in the sermon to lift up just a few. So if you want the chance to learn about a real world topic, topic, a biblical, a theological approach to a real world topic that is impacting our world today... I encourage you to seriously consider our Christian Ethics and Migration small group. It's meeting on Tuesday night starting on September 13th. The details are in your bulletin. On um, And this would be a great opportunity, again, for you to look and learn and see how can I transform the world. On the first Saturday of every month, we have the opportunity where we get to go and fellowship and play games, have opportunities to connect with our friends at Noah's Landing and provide fellowship. A great opportunity for you to connect and transform a slice of our world. Yes, have someone to hang out with. I love it. If you want the opportunity to have the difference, uh, to make a difference in the life of a child, I invite you to connect with Forrest White, who is our director of missions about our Philip O'Brien partnership. We have opportunities in the classroom. We have opportunities to support in the office, opportunities to connect with teachers just to make a difference in our school system. If you're interested in tackling criminal justice reform or rental and housing equality right here in our city, in our county, with just a few meetings a year, I would love to talk to you about Polk County Peace. It's a great and an easy way to make a real and tangible impact. We got a city ordinance passed in Lakeland, in Mulberry, and Winter Haven in just one year to address mold issues in those three cities. So it's a real tangible way to make a difference. I would love to talk to you about that after the service. And these are just four options that I lifted up very quickly. There are so many ways that we all can look to live into our calling as United Methodists to transform our world. The details of how you can get signed up and connected with all of these, more information on other opportunities, all in your bulletin. And if you are ever in doubt, if you have a passion, if you have a need, if you're just interested in getting knowing where to get started, I invite you, just make sure you uh, connect with me or give the office a call. We're always here to help you find your passion and connect with how to serve. Whatever your way to connect and engage in is. May we all be a people who seek to transform the world. May we all seek to take Paul's word to heart and be a countercultural church. May we be a countercultural people that value diversity that value and embrace and embody the gifts of all of God's people, 
all for the transformation of the world. Will you close in prayer with me? Gracious God, we thank you for the beautiful and diverse movement of your spirit that binds us together as a church. May we be empowered by your spirit to use our gifts to transform your world. Amen. So as we prepare to go from this place, as we remember what it means to be United Methodist, what it means to remain United Methodist, may we know that that means we are a people of grace, a people who have experienced God's grace, a people who share God's love and God's grace to seek to transform the world. So may we be people who are touched by that grace and people who seek to share that grace with all of God's people at every corner and every space of the world. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.